Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Today I've got a magnificent lady called Joanna from Switzerland. She has her own Instagram page called EliteCoaching.ch. Now, Joanna reached out to me a while back and we were meant to actually do this Zoom call, but life happened. And I'm so grateful that like we are able to actually sit down and talk about, you know, her being a coach, her single mother journey, and how she's managed to overcome and really help other people. Because I love, love, love when I meet women, especially that can actually help and encourage others. I'm like, oh my God, you're using your story, your experiences to help someone else. And I honestly feel like that's why we're kind of here on earth. So if you don't mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do alongside your single mother journey. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I reached out to you because I love the, really the energy of your account. So single parents accounts are very particular in a way. So they, some, I, I choose the ones that match the energetic vibe that I have now. But I was not always a single parent. So uh, I was married actually for almost nine years, um, happily married. Um, my husband and I, we met in social, we both studied social work when we were in our 20s, early 20s. So we were together um, like a social worker. We, we spoke the same language. We had, uh, we did pro bono work. So we were like really this social worker pair. And then we had our kids, my daughter and my son. And um, in August 2012, he got cancer. He got sick of cancer. He had the, the diagnostic in beginning of August and end of September, he died. So it was a journey of a few weeks there. It took us, it was like a tsunami. Like, and there was um, no inkling, he wasn't, he wasn't sick prior? nothing so he was not a non-smoker i used to smoke and i was thinking why why him but you no know, he was really he was really fit he grew up in Liechtenstein, so he was hiking a lot he's he was not smoking it was one of those you know when they tell you you know like the statistic it's like one in a million yeah. well he was that one and um our son was really really young at that age so my son turned one in 13th of September and my husband passed end of September, two weeks later. Oh. And um, yes, it, I, I never wanted to be a single parent. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I, in my mind, even as a social worker, I had so much negative connotation with single parents. It scared really the shit out of me. I, I said like the first year I was in, in um, total shock. I said, well, it's over now for my kids. Like, wow. okay, I was so, I, w I thought that without the, and he was such an involved father. He worked part-time. He took care when I was working. So we, 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 I was, we were really very good together. So without him, I thought, well, now they're going to see all my negative sides because he I could say, 
you know, you got this because you're better at this than me. Just, just do yeah. you and I'll do me. Yeah. But now there was no one. So I thought all my small imperfection will be huge because nobody's here to say, I got this. So I was really very, very struggling with this single parenthood for a long while. And my solution or what helped me the most was going to work. So I worked um, as a social worker and I studied, I made a master's degree with my kids were really small, really young, because I had the impression that at work, it was not, I had agency. So at work, I could plan something out. Yeah. I could achieve, so I could see it come to life, literally come to life. And with childcare, especially when the children are so young, it's exhaustion and you do not see the, you, you plant a lot of seeds, but it yeah. takes years to see them grow. Yeah. So it's, it's, you don't even know, uh, when is this going to, like, it's going to take me five years, seven years, how long is it going to take? And the days seem uh, endless. So for me, going to work was something that saved me. Um, to have, to be a manager, I was a project manager of an international uh, project. It was something that I, and I learned there a lot for also managing my house as a single parent. So yeah. working as a project manager um, helped me see that if I, and this is what, how I coach now too, mm -hmm. if I want to steer a ship, I cannot scrub the floors at the same time. Yeah. So I need to have my, my sides free. I need to spot the iceberg. Like I need to be uh, steering the ship and someone else needs to do the scrubbing. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that I'm lazy or I, don't, I did the scrubbing, but I have to delegate a lot of what is on my plate yeah. in order to be able to have this, to, to lead my family in a way. Um, yeah. So this was, um, I think for the first years, I just worked very, very hard. So I worked 16 hours a day. I woke up very early, five o'clock in the morning, and I went to bed at 11 or even 12. So I was really, I, I just, you know, I was looking for these books, the 5 a.m. club and the miracle morning, and I did not have miracle mornings. Yeah. So my mornings were so full and packed, and I did not know what someone meant with miracle morning. I said, but, but how? I just need to do more. Mm -hmm. So... So and in, after, in this time, did you have any, any time? Because I often find that when I am really busy, I'm more, when I'm more productive. And when I have more on my plate, I'm more productive. But when, like, my son goes away for the weekend, for example, like, if he goes to my mom's for the weekend, I find that I don't do as much in comparison to if he's actually in the house, I have to cook, I have to, you know, submit work, I have to do a thousand things. But when I'm busier, for some reason, and I'm under pressure, I'm more productive. Did you at any time have time for yourself, have time to reflect, have time to even grieve? Did you have time to grieve? I was honest, like I was grieving the whole time. Like there was not a day where I didn't saw a dad in the bus picking up his kids yeah. that I was not grieving for me. It was not the day that I didn't saw some beautiful, you know, Christmas commercial of Pantene or, you know, Pampers yeah. about those families. Oh, did it, or, ha or ha Thanksgiving commercials. Oh, they, they ripped. So there was not a day that 
I did not was confronted with grieving. Yeah. I did all this. Did, working so much was actually a way to to not distract, but really a little bit um, take a break from grieving in a way, you know, mm. to really take a break. And what you say, yes. I found out that, for example, when I worked and I did a master's degree, I, I studied. So I was having like six days a week. So, and on Sunday, I would do like chores and with the kids or something, so really full. Um, looking back, you could say that I, I was very productive in that way, but I, it burned me out. Wow. So after four or five years of this pace of a very, very full plate, hmm. um, I, I had a burnout and uh, so I, I could after my husband died I really I I had so much energy I was really wanting to do everything for my kids so they don't lose even more yeah and so this very high achieving pace burned me out yeah did you, you have any any support any other like family members to support you no well in the first year a lot of people came to support me in the first year because my, my son was really, really young. But beginning with the second year, you know, my parents were working still. I was, I was 29 when my husband passed. So my, my parents were working, my siblings were working. They are all not in Switzerland. So I'm the only one in Switzerland. Yeah. So no, everyone was working. So nobody was... So was, there was nobody to step in in my husband's place. Yeah. Not, the, not, the, not the grandma, nobody could fill in that place. And I, for a while, I, I tried to do the job of two. Yeah. So this is like really tried to do. I said, okay, now I have to do the taxes too. I have to do the car. I'd have to, everything else I have to do. And um, it worked for five years, but then it burned me up. So and how did you handle the burnout then? What, what, what was that? like so it it was like this that i had um actually after i finished my masters um i was so i could not sleep so i, I had three days where i could not sleep i was like very awake and then i just went i really went to the doctor i said you need to fix me you need to give me something to sleep i need to sleep because i'm not driving well so i need to be focused when i'm driving you just give me some pills and i you know i'll, I'll move along I'll, I'll function on and um, so I went to the doctors and did the waiting room. There was this um, art, there were these art posters about cancer survivors. So everyone telling the story how they survived cancer, how they fought, and it was not the end. And it, I broke down. So when I saw this story of survivors, I said, why not us? Me, so yeah. why, why not him? And um, I could not stop crying. I was so ashamed. I wanted to really stop crying and, and you know, hold it back. I could not stop crying. I, I just mm. broke down in a way. And then the doctor said I would probably have to go in a clinic to really disconnect from everything. And that was the moment, you know, to have like, there is this burnout clinics for, for where you go and your kids, someone would have to take your kids and to, to really at least two weeks of, break to, okay. to rest and so on and so that was the moment where I stopped crying I said this is not an option for me like yeah. I cannot having someone my kids like this would be even worse would be my worst nightmare was in that moment I said no this is not not working for me so then they said okay um 
we can we can so i had actually um like a psychiatric nurses coming to me every day for one month for one month they came wow. to me to talk instead of me going to a hospital to rec- or to a to a clinic and was it like grief counseling because ideally that's what you would yes so yeah. this was a mixture of grief counseling and depression um counseling i remember that i said um like i, I was really depressed i said I think the better parent passed. Like, I think he would have dealt much better than this with me. He would have probably already found some, some new wife. He was so cute. I, I, somehow I, I did not find the new love to save us. So I, I, I was really in a very dark place. Yeah. And it was one question, uh, one story, and it was the power of this story. I don't know if you know the story of those two trees. There is a story with two threes who grow together yeah. and they go through storms together. One, you know, they, they, they protect each other. They are strong against storms together like yeah. this. And then there comes a big storm and the um, lightning bolt strikes one tree down. Yeah. So one tree. And the other three, his branches of this side are really small because on this side there was this tree standing. So these branches on this side are big and strong, but on this side they have to grow. Yeah. It was meaning to tell that we need to, you know, to grow some competencies and so on the other side. But for me, this story meant that I will ever, forever be stuck in that place with like the dead tree next to me. Mm. So it was really, and one of those nurses said, you know, yes, People are like trees, but we are not stuck. We can move. Yes, most definitely. Yes. So when she said we can move, we can take our roots with us and move, it it unstuck me. Yeah. But I realized I I have to move from that place where we grew up together. So I had to take my roots and my memories and move away from that place. Yeah. so that was my unstucking moment. Um, That's and awesome. it, yes. And it took me a while to realize that I need to build myself a support system. So I cannot do the work for two. Yeah. It is like objectively impossible for me to do the work from of two persons. So I need, but also I wanted to have uh, not only a survivor's life, but a thriving life. Yeah. So... You know, I, I wanted more than just, I'll get through this. I wanted to, to live my 30s, my life too, to, to be full of joy and energy. And so that was the moment when I started, okay, what can I delegate? What can I give away from my plate? Let someone else do it, even if I have to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, which for me, a big mind shift. So um let someone else not help me, but I will pay for the service. Yeah. Because the service will be reliable and it will not, you know, when family helps you, sometimes you help back or fam or friends. You feel obliged, yes. Yes, yes. So it's not, it's a normal thing to do, but when you're exhausted, you cannot give back. So you say, no, no, please don't help me because I can never repay. Hey. I am not in the, yes. So then you don't accept help because it would mean 
in the long run even more for you to do. Yeah, I, yeah, I struggled with that. I struggled with that a lot, especially with the fact that I there's, there were certain times when my son was younger and I desperately needed help, but I didn't want the world to see that I was cracking. I wanted to prove that, yes, I'm a single mom but, and I can do it by yeah, myself. Yeah. And I couldn't because when my son will be sleeping, I'll be cracking open a bottle and I'll sit in, in a sitting room and just just cry. And no yes. one would know. And then yes. the charade yes. starts again the next day, you know, but I needed to, I don't know whether it was, it must've been pride and ego, but I needed to just break. I think I broke to my mom. I broke to my friends, friends like, look, you not think I'm so strong. You not think I've got it all together, but I don't They're like, and it's just, I don't know whether it's something with, especially me, me being with a black, a black woman as well. Like people just think, Oh, you're strong. You can do it. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not strong. Like, yeah. I don't have to be this strong black woman. I am vulnerable. I need affection. I need love and I need help. And yeah. you telling me that, yeah, you've got this. It's not really helping me. And no, yeah, no. so I got to the point whereby I was open to say, do you know what? I need help. You know, I could call my my son's godfather and say, look, come and take him because I yes. can't, I cannot take this right now. I just, just take him just for yes. one hour. And that one hour yes. that I have just to even iron without ha having to hear mom, 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 mom. Yes. It's yes. just breath breathtaking. Yes. It's just like yes. being on a, on an island by myself. Yes. So I think Do you I'm know that there is a study about managers of high corporations mm -hmm. and they, they, um, they looked at their stress levels. So they have very high stress levels, but their stress levels always uh, dip, have a dip during their lunch break and then they go up again. Wow. And they looked at mothers of toddlers and their stress level from the morning till the evening were at the same high. So they had no break. Wow. Really, as a, a manager of a corporation with extremely high responsibility of budget and whatever. Yeah. So they were at the same level, just that the mom never had the dip yeah. to break. So really, even if the kid is sleeping in the next room, there is no dip. There's no break. Always, I'm listening. I have to be here. I cannot fall into a deep sleep. I cannot go for a while. You know, like you are constantly on call. Yeah. And so for me, I started to gather this kind of data to, you know, like you say, but to shed the light of what happened to me in a way. And um, what I found out, like you say, with, with your um, background, I come from Eastern Europe. Yeah. So it's, they're also like, what is this going to bring you down? This yeah. small thing when I could bring you down, this is like no, and it's really very ignoring exhaustion and trauma. it's ignoring it's ignoring exhaustion under the the concept of a strong person mm. and never allowing yourself to crack out in front of someone else only only behind doors. Only alone, only hidden, scared, which everyone does, everyone. But you don't grow up like this. Mm. And I think these hero stories of strong women, I think they do not show the support behind them. Yeah. I think if you take every story of someone, even if you take Maya Angelou, I love Maya Angelou, or Oprah. Yeah. You know, I love them. I look very carefully and say, but how did they do it? So how did they do it 
for example, Oprah didn't have kids, you know, for uh, just just one, you know, like, or she had a very complicated relationship with her own mother. Yeah. I know if you wrote about this, that this high achieving of never enough, this critical, very critical person who does not recognize exhaustion. So she has a very critical, and I always look with success people who have success, how did they do it? What is behind the success? Mm. So I can build it for myself. I don't want to bring them down. I want to bring myself up. Yeah, of course. But ideally, I think a lot of times, many people that are successful are open and willing to number one, learn. They're constantly learning. And number two, be submissive and be, they're they're open to actually receiving help. Do you understand? If someone says to you, because I, I, even when I had my son, I used to get so upset when my family members would say, when he would cry, and I didn't know what I was doing, but when he would cry and one auntie would carry him, say, oh no, he needs this. Another auntie would say, oh no, no, he needs that. And I'd be like, no, I know what he needs, but I actually didn't know what he, what he needed, you know? But I just feel like we, we as single moms as well, we just need to be able to, ex- we need to identify whether someone's being critical and whether someone's being helpful. Yeah. You know, because yes. sometimes some people, very yes you are so right yes because yes. you need to know the difference and sometimes people are genuinely trying to be helpful you know but you think that you feel it like i think what you say is extremely important because i had a lot of good advice so-called yeah. you know said, oh you not just need to let go you you know like i said how how do, what do you mean I want to let go. I do not want to be in this place. I just don't know how to get out of this. You, you telling me this is not going to help. Um, but I found out through this, I don't know if for you the same, that I have now, I'm only around people that are really, well, I feel calm, where I don't have to clean up my house before they come. Yes, so this, okay. This yeah. My, and it's not even family, because for the family... <laughs> It's not the family, but that I have some friends where I can say, you know, I have really mess. Please come over. Let's talk. And I will not clean out. I will have a coffee with you. Mm-hmm. So I have three of these people. Well, they can see my, you know, I used to have a huge laundry, um, how you say, pile yeah. of clean laundry, of uh, dirty laundry. Oh my God, laundry all over. And I, the people who I could take light in, were the ones where I, I knew that they were really supporting and not judgmental. Yeah, you should just put the priorities different. Yeah. I said, you know, no matter how I put the priorities, something will be left pile up because yeah. my day has 24 hours. Um, yeah. I don't know who supported you the most. So, what did you find was the most? I find, I found, I did, I, I, I think I was a problem in regards to my, my, um, my journey i think mentally i because i was a single mom i didn't want anyone to see me crack i didn't want anyone to view me as i failed and i remember there was a particular story i've shared this on my podcast before where my son i think he was maybe three years old at the time and we were invited to a party and for some reason i never find his socks or I never find socks that match I don't know what it is I think I've got a sock monster in my house but I put on like a green sock on him and I put on a red sock on him so just two different colors and we were invited to this party and as soon as we got to the house the first thing my friend said was like oh by the way no shoes in the house yeah 
And I was like, oh my God. And in my mind, I was thinking to myself, I'm a single mom. The rest of these women here are married and they're just going to look at me like she can't even find matching socks for her child. She hasn't got it together. Like, and as soon as I took off my son's socks, yeah. I just sat there and yeah. I just felt so condemned. And all of a sudden, I saw one of my friends who's married, her son had a hole in his sock. Another one had <laughs> socks that just didn't match. And then I was like, our brains say so and it was that's the issue that I've always had in regards to like parenting I condemn myself more sometimes than society condemns me and I judge myself more as a parent than you know other people so I I just that day it just made me realize that wow I think well for example I remember with my husband uh we could say well this is how we raise our kids so we were two of us who stand strong, you know, tall and say this, you know, we, we prioritize different. We don't care about mismatched stocks. But when you're alone, you need to build up that really strong confidence for your own without anyone cheering you on and say, Oh, darling, you're awesome. You got this. Doesn't matter. You know, so someone outside of your head who loves you, who says, Oh, this is not, you know, so you have to do this for yourself, which is, which is extreme exhausting yeah so this is why also coaching helped me a lot yeah so let's, um, let's go into that how did you actually because obviously from that state you were at like emotionally and then having the um the, the counselors and knowing that you had to go through yeah. like grief counseling and how did you transition from that mental state to becoming like a, a life coach and helping other people how well so it's it sounds like also, I realized that I have to, I thought I need a, a team who, who will support me to achieve my goals. So the, in my mind, it got a switch that, first of all, I can move from the place where I am. I do not need to stay stuck. Yeah. And even mentally, I can move from the image of myself that I have an exhausted without young man overwhelmed and so on. So I can move from this place. Yeah. And the second of all, I realized it was so good for me to have this counseling that I, I need a cheer squad, you know, like I need someone outside of my head and outside of my family who will positively enforce me and support me. I need someone outside for a while who says, this is, you are doing a good job. Look at the main things that you're doing with your kids and housework is never one of those. Yeah. So look at, look at your relationship. Are you having fun with them? Do you go out? Do you take care of yourself? These are always more important than uh, cleaning. So, and I, but for me, it stresses me. In the beginning, I was, yes, but I want to have a beautiful home. Like, I, I don't want to live in a pile of laundry. So if I go to have a massage or whatever they told me, I, it stressed me out. They said, I'm coming back to the same chaos. Yeah. And it was then when I realized that I need to take more people in to support me. And so um, I got house chores help, you know, a house, house um, help. I got someone, I delegated my taxes, my taxes, you know, to do some of my taxes. Um, I got, and all my paperwork, because it was piling up after five years. I could only, I paid the bills, but I never, like, I had a system or whatever to, to yeah. have an order. So I delegated a lot of tasks and it felt better and better. So I could not go to, 
have a massage without someone doing the work behind me. So this was the first step. And the second step, I said, I need positive, I need a different voice. And until I can have it my own, I need, I need a different environment to support me. Mm. So I've looked for this environment um, and mindset, a lot of mindset work. And I was in therapy, for example, for three times I've start, I tried therapy because of depression and so on. And it did, for me particularly, didn't help. It was very past orientated. And okay. I thought, but I cannot change that. Yeah, I know it's, 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 it's yeah, it's tragic, but, but I cannot change. I, it felt very determinated, you know, because that happened, now you're this. So very deterministic, but I need, so would you recommend co life coach instead of actually having a therapist? Which one would you recommend? For, for me, for me, okay. it helped better to have coaching because I would, so maybe I didn't have good three therapists because the coaching for me was, okay, let's see what are your limiting beliefs. Nobody talked to me about limiting beliefs before. Mm, yeah. They just said, oh, sweetie, no, it's not true. But it, this was not, it was not helpful. So limiting beliefs, mind, mind shift about this, yeah. that you can shift the way you imagine your life yeah. and create it it's in, and start creating it in a different way. I, I did not hear about this in coaching at all, uh, in therapy, pardon. In, at because all. on your Instagram, you talk about like helping parents declutter, like, and yes. that, that can you that can also work with decluttering your life and decluttering your emotions as well. So how, as a, as a coach, how do you, how do you identify that a lot of someone's having a lot of clutter emotionally, for example, how do you identify that? Well, very often it is, um, very often it is, um, not a, a challenge with saying no to setting boundaries. Mm. So because you want help and you need help, you don't allow yourself to say, no, I cannot help you back. So this is one of those uh, setting boundaries, saying no, I will not be able to cook for my son's uh, teaching conference. I will always buy the cakes. Uh, I will not cook them because I come from work at, at seven o'clock. So whatever my reason, I don't even give a reason. I'm tired, you know, like to set boundaries. So people, we, we start with setting boundaries so you say no to every task that does not give you a maximum impact of joy. So we, and this is different for everyone, you know? So um, if I, I would talk to you and you tell me that in one, and many, many parents say like you mothers, I have one hour free and I will iron the, the clothing. You know, I will iron something or I will clean something up in the house. This would be one point of starting to say, why don't you, um, what, what, would, what do you need to do in order to, in that hour, to do something only for yourself, like dance or have a date or have lunch by yourself that you don't cook and you don't clean. Yeah. And so this is, what would you need to have an hour of really time for you that is not... Mm, how you say that has no function for your house yeah. except except energizing you yeah. so a lot of moms say i get so energized by cleaning the house and then i say okay when you look back to the childhood of your kid do you wish you would have cleaned more 
mostly they say, no, I don't wish I would have cleaned more. So I say, what would you wish you would have done more with your kid or with yourself? And this is how you find out what really brings you joy and what you should do more and what you, you, sh- you can really delegate and uh, declutter your to-do list. And um, the Miracle Morning, for example, this is also one way that we talk a lot. Okay. So moms stay, wake up really, really early and they have like 20, at least if we talk, 20 tasks to do in, yeah. in two hours. And we take every task and say, is it really important? Yeah. <laughs> is it really can you not do you have to do it and there is a management way to this is four questions do you have to do it do you have to do it now yeah can you dedicate it um and can you do can you not do it at all yeah so with every task we try to find a lot of tasks that you do not have to do it at all so these are the tasks that will bring you a lot of time yeah. and when you say so when you do the the miracle morning then how then would um because how then would you how then would the mother overcome the guilt after how do you help a woman overcome the guilt so the guilt the guilt is really a very important definitely a, a huge one to to work on so for a lot of parents they have this image of what a good parent is yeah. or a good person and then we look at it is it a fact or is it a story that you've been told so if you ask your kid is it important for your kid that you iron his underwears for example is is this is this even you know something that will remember or you say mama mom baked cakes with me pancakes made pancakes yeah. and just once per month you know they will remember that one time that you make pancakes with them yeah so anchoring yourself in what really matters in regarding to your joy and your kids joy will will bring you away from this exhaustion to to more um happiness and your kids will feel the happiness so the guilt part goes away when you know that your kids will thrive when you are more happy definitely yeah definitely and that's why i even called the the podcast happy single moms because i found yes. that a lot of moms oh, especially when you tell people that you're a single mom they will just expect you to be sad expect you to be yeah. down expect you to be out and you know even it's when they'll so- see your yeah they'll when they see my child they're like oh wow he's such a he's such a happy kid you're, you're doing a good job i'm like okay i'm just doing what i can really but it's mm-hmm. just society wants a lot of mums, even not only single mums, but a lot of mums just to be like, yeah. you could, you could do more, you could do more. And in actual fact, if, if mums were doing such a magnificent job, half of the population wouldn't be in therapy right now, <laughs> you know? So that's the, that's yes. the truth. You know, like every, yeah. every parent makes a mistake somehow. There's no one that's perfect at all. No one that's perfect. This one thing, but the guilt comes often from some beliefs that you have that you learn that how and often for your own relationship with your parents so you will look at those and say okay my mom mom how did she do it she always seemed full of energy and you know on top of her game or whatever and then you look behind and you see first of all it was not like this we hide our exhaustion for our kids so this this happened to us too we didn't see it uh, it doesn't mean it was not there. We didn't see it. Um, and guilt, 
I love going from guilt to rebellion. So re to be more rebellious against all these beliefs and expectations that you um, would have a good mom means that you clean the whole house. Mm. What, there is no connection there in regarding to the relationship to your kid. Yeah. If someone else cleans the house and you only have awesome conversations with your kids. Yeah. Great mom. Great mom. Yeah. Nobody. And in the end, nobody really cares what you do. So except you. So, okay, they can talk, but nobody really cares if you do it or someone else do it. Yeah. So for your life. Yeah. I, I, I think children are really, for me, looking at my son now, I think they're quite simple. We're the ones that complicate them. They're quite simple. Like I remember my when my, for my son's I think fifth birthday, I took him away to we went to Spain, and um oh, where was it? There's a place called Porta Ventura, like a massive. Yeah. It's got like the for Ferrari land. I paid for um the theme tick the the theme park. I was so excited, and there was a beach right next to our, our hotel. So we went to the Port of Ventura, he went on, on the rides, and then we went to the beach afterwards. And the next day I was like, all right, fine, we're going to go on the rides again. And he said, oh, he said, mommy, um, please, can we just, I just want to play with sand. Oh. And I said, what? I paid all this money. He said, yeah, mommy, I just want to go on, the, I just want to sit on, the, I want to make sand castles. And the rest of our holiday, yeah. we just sat there. And that's all he did. He, wow. played, sat on the, he sat on the beach and played with sandcastles. He ran, got the water, came back. And I was like, wow, I have, yeah. I'm trying to give him the world and he wants something so simple, something yeah. so simple. And I think that as mothers, like we just, just give them the basics. They need love, they need affection and they need our time. Yeah. And when you say, you know, a lot of parents know, oh, I should play more, but I'm so exhausted. I don't even, you know, I have energy to play. You don't have it. It's true because you do other stuff. And those other stuff, you, when you declutter it and you take time to energize yourself. So I posted about how beautiful it is to walk in the snow. And I recommend one walk by yourself before you walk with your kids. So you also need the walk in the snow alone with the silence and just for your human being and then you can go with your kids and be for that for someone else in a, yeah. in a way and in the meantime get yourself food delivery really you can have healthy soups and when you come home the soup is warm is there you can eat and you're not like no don't talk to me i need to cook on oh i need to do this and this so focus only really on the stuff that energize you and your kid Definitely. and more and more you do of them you'll be less stressed with them too you'll be Definitely. less um yes i'm patient um i, I know when i'm a patient I, i'm patient i know oh, I, I need time i need time and need sometimes time. Yeah. more that i it's more that i give myself so i would say oh okay you had the coffee alone it's enough but sometimes i need more i need a morning alone yeah. with no work well, I spoke to another mother um, and she said that the way in which she's handled her single mother journey is that she parents within her personality. And after she said that to me, I was like, do you know what? This is actually amazing that like, she loves going to restaurants. She loves going to like different kinds of excursions and she would take her daughters yeah. with her and her kids have actually started enjoying it. I love just 
sitting at home and watching like Netflix and my son for some reason he's just he will just come into my bedroom and we'll that is our that's our time so we'll cuddle in the bed and he'll say okay mommy I'm gonna pick this film and then tomorrow you're gonna pick the next film so that has become like our thing so I think as mothers as well we need to kind of you know, parent would don't do something because I used to hate going to the park. It's just something I would I would be just be angry. But all right, fine. You got half an hour. We need to go. I I just you you go down the slide two times. I'm I'm already irritated. <laughs> like I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so that I just realized I need to parent within yeah. my personality and don't conform to what society thinks that a good parent is. You know your child. You know what your child likes. Yeah. You know what you. Yeah. Like you know and just find that thing and just do it just do it and it takes a lot of bravery to do what you do because it sounds it sounds uh, so maybe it it takes bravery to say no this is what i like to do best with my kids yeah so for me i i love doing fire outdoors i'm i'm a lot of dads doing the fire and me I'm the only mom doing the fire. And I always tell to other dad or friends, they come, can you please fix the salad? Because it's boring me to do the salad. Wait, what do you mean Just, fire outdoors? You mean barbecue or fireworks? Yeah. Oh, well, barbecue. No, we go in the woods. We do in the woods. We do a fire, you know, with, with oh, wood. Oh, like camp, and, a camping. Campfires. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we live next to a wood. So I would always like to do the fire and, you know, steaks and like do the, the fire. And I say, it's boring me to do this, this, this salads. It's depressing me to do the salad. Someone else, please do the salads. Yeah. I just want to play with fire. Like I want to do the steaks right. there and, and the fire, like you said, you know? So, um, and then some people said, oh, but you're trying to be a dad. I said, no, I love this before. I, this is what my husband loved about me. Uh, yeah. He was the designated salad maker. So <laughs> this is, this is this is me that I love and when I do the fire I come back so energized. You always yeah. know that you find back energized when you do what you like. Yeah, definitely. And how do you feel afterwards with your kids? You're like, Oh, I, I love being a mom. No, I, I oh. love doing this life with them. Oh, yeah. That is awesome that you've said that. And I I feel like your story is so magnificent. The fact that, you know, obviously single mothers single motherhood happens in different ways and and the fact that you were initially ashamed and now you've learned how to enjoy yeah, it. I was scared, you know, that I yeah. said, oh, yeah. single mom. Oh, oh, and from a son, you have also a son. Yes. So I was like, oh, what will he be without a father figure? Yeah. And oh, all the sons who are like, I don't know, drug dealer or whatever. Oh, I did. and it's yeah. not true. We have such an awesome close relationship. Exactly. I don't, I don't see, I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Why don't I see more of this good way of because being? Because the speech, society, and the media don't perpetuate this. They perpetuate the negativity, which is really sad. And ultimately, I think it's what drives a lot of women, um, single moms, to have these negative feelings. Is because we're so afraid, and some people don't have anyone to talk to, you know. And yeah. thank God that you have, like, we have people like you that can assist in regards to being like a life coach and helping mums just overcome where can people and um, find you on social media so so i have elitecoaching.ch on instagram yeah. and i always offer a first free call Wonderful. so the first call in in that call i would try to give you all the the best the most impactful tips that i ever gathered from all the parents around 
So even if you don't have money to pay afterwards or whatever, to have from one hour, you have my expertise and my experience. I will give you everything in that hour that I know from other, that helped other parents. And so this hour is also as a social worker, I always wanted to do a little bit of pro bono work. So this hour is my hour uh, with no commitment afterwards where I say I will coach whoever needs one hour um, of, of um, listening, of support, of mm-hmm. compassion and of solutions. Um, mm-hmm. And to say, okay, look, the best thing, and I can say this now, the best thing, the most impactful thing that you can do is delegate housework. And mm-hmm. I will say this, it is the most depressing, the most because it is, has no recognition, it has, it's very, it's coming every day back, it's without end, you don't yes. see progress, just small progress and then it's done. Yeah. So it's, it's the exhaustion cycle. So one of the most impactful things that you can do is find ways to delegate your housework. Yeah. This is number one for burnout prevention and burnout recovery. Yeah. And the second thing is when someone takes care of your kids and they need, you know, like a tribe, you need some, maybe grandparents or uncles or who, whoever there is, that you allow yourself time where you don't do anything with the function. So time just walk or coffee and the book or yeah. whatever. Or you, for you would be looking at a grown-up movie on Netflix or something yeah. that mid, midday, not at, you know, not at midnight, yeah. at two o'clock so do something for yourself without the functioning without the and the guilt as well yeah yeah so this would be the most um impactful things that you can do to to prevent burnout or to recover and then there is this mindset work what you say with guilt where you work through those layers of stories that you've been told that make you a good parent and shed them until you stay with just the joy of you and these little humans that you brought into this world and you're enjoying your life and theirs because it's just one you got it's 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 this is the one life you got exactly it is and you have to try and make them the best of it and before you know it they just grow they are just they just grow and like they're going to be out of the house soon so you need to try and find and a lot of people have like the empty shell syndrome because they haven't built a life outside of their children you know everything's about serving their kids serving and that's why you sometimes you see some men and their mums are just so like you know like mummies boys their mums are so heavily involved in their lives that they haven't they can't separate their lives from their from their children you know so yeah you need to get a life Yes. When my when I was young a few years ago and sometimes and they would say, you know, mom, we'll never leave. And then I said, Oh, but I will leave. Look, the moment <laughs> you went, hey, I want to go on the world tour. I will send you selfies of me on Niagara Falls or something. Yeah. Like, like don't worry, like don't worry, I have so much ideas what I'm gonna do when you're gonna, you know, be grown ups living your life. Like, um here's a list. And yeah. it's no house chores on it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, being a mum is a, it's a thankless job. It is it's a thankless job. But I didn't really personally I didn't appreciate how much my mum did until I became a mother. 
Mm -hmm. You know, you do not realize how, and I felt so bad because when I was younger, I, I was so hard on her. And that's why when I, even when I got pregnant, I was like, oh God, please let this be a boy. Cause I was like, if I have a daughter, <laughs> I was so scared because I was so it's hard on my mom. Yeah. And it is, so I have a daughter too, she's 12 yeah. and she's going through puberty and yes, it is um, like you say. So, so she, she's really on top of her game, yeah. very smart, very observant. And, but it's also very freeing to see that if I allow her to, to flourish and live out her passions and her talents, mm. then I allow myself this part too. And she won't listen to what I say. She will see what I do. So when I go out to a theater or a movie or, um, we go and I, I take care of myself. I say, mom, where are you going? They, oh, I'm going to have a massage. And I, she will rather that see this. She will learn from this. That, and I don't want her to think that my whole youth were ruined because yeah. I was with them and I was not happy and they could not fix me and whatever all this, this other, it's not their job to fix me. Like yeah. I, I, I got, my, it's, I, I going to look, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. Um, how have you, so, how have you um, and with COVID right now in Switzerland, has it been there? Has it been okay? Has it been? So the toughest part for me was beginning of the year, I was a teacher too. Uh, I worked part-time as a math teacher. Oh. So when COVID hit and it was, I had to um, teach my students and my kids from home at the same time. So that was definitely a huge challenge. Um, and it was the moment where I thought I want to do more of the coaching. Yeah. It was definitely, it helped me realize that I need something that is more flexible. Like now we can talk in the evening yeah. and I had lunch, I had dinner with my kids and so on, you know, so um, I need something more flexible. Um, so actually COVID helped me in those way to really, Navigate. yes, really again, choose what is making the most positive impact and choose that part um, and actually you know like I did not have it that hard I have to say because I'm so grateful that my kids are, are older yeah. and so they're not toddlers I think that the toughest thing is to have a baby and a toddler yeah. and, and be lucky you know or three years like this is really really tough so I'm lucky that they're so old already yeah. And I'm lucky that we have a good relationship in a way that they know I need a break. <laughs> so sometimes you say, mom, you're a little bit hangry. Maybe you need to eat or sleep. <laughs> so oh, so that, that's awesome. So they can identify when mom needs. They know. Say, mom, needs, do you need yeah. to sleep or eat? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny you say that because my son's be become a bit like that. So when I'm a bit irritated, he can sense it and he will leave me. So I'm the one that I'll be, I'm like, oh, um, could you come to my room? Can we, can we, can we talk? He says, oh, mommy, no, you should, you, do you want to be left alone? Like, no, 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 you come, come, come. I need you. Come, let's sit down and talk. How's your day? You know, but I just, I just, yeah. I love being a mom. I never used to before when I had to go through like that transitional period of getting to, you know, enjoy single motherhood, but I love it now. And I love picking him up from school and saying to him, oh, how was your day? Because Yes. I feel like we don't really, and I, he, he, he tells me a story, like, oh, mom, today this happened, and this person yes. did this with that person, and this person kicked this, and I'm like, okay, and I actually, he knows that I'm interested in yes. his life, and we've become yeah. 
friends alongside mother and son. So I just feel like a lot of moms should just take the time out just to speak to your kids, enjoy yourself because life is so short. It is so short. Before you know it, it's gone in the blink of an eye. You know, so we should just stop. Why encourage you know make more adventure, go take more takeout and enjoy Netflix, whatever it is a really calm and beautiful moment with the kids. I, I also was lucky like you that I did not like I talk a lot with parents who regret motherhood or mothers who regret motherhood sometimes, yeah. no? And uh, I don't still don't. I, I'm lucky in that way that I regret exhaustion. So I regret the expectations and the exhaustion, yeah. but I do not regret seeing a human born under my eye and growing up. I find this, yeah. even if I make mistakes, I find this exhilarating. I find this yeah. fascinating. It, yeah. it keeps me young. So yeah. the, it keeps me now. I still, I see the moment where they bring so new, much new stuff. They're like, Oh, I would never know about this if I would not have kids. Yeah. I'd be in my bubble of, I don't know, drinking wine and going to, vacation the same vacation you know and i would not see what comes behind you know i would and so i'm lucky in the way that i always i i wanted and i'm uh, i'm non-regret having them in a way so this is also um lucky that is awesome so you said that people can find you on elitecoaching.ch isn't it and you provide um one hour free coaching just to identify what women single moms alongside other women would need yeah so that is yeah. thank, i just want to like thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on happy single moms thank your you. story is just magnificent and yeah it's just breathtaking to see how much you've overcome and where you are at now and it gives me so much hope as well gives me it does i love it thank you so much for coming on happy thank you khalifa i wish you a lot of adventures and your at your own um own version of success and amen Thank you. You can find me on Instagram, Khalifa and Josiah. I would love to connect. I